For September 27th, 2019, it's the Lullabot Podcast. Everybody, it's the Lullabot Podcast, episode 240. I'm Matt Cleave, a senior developer at Lullabot. With me as always, co-host the show, senior front-end dev, Mike Herschel. Hey, Mike. Howdy, Matt. Hey, so Mike, this is the Lullabot Podcast. We talk about all things Lullabot. What is Lullabot? What do we talk about here? What do we do? Lullabot, that is a great question. What do you do here, Mike? <laughs> Yes, uh, Lullabot is a uh, design, strategy, and development firm that also now does support and maintenance. If if uh, if your firm, if your company yeah, we should is we should have that, that on the stuff. podcast at some point, right? We should talk that, to our support and maintenance th- team. That that should be the commercial in the middle of this. We should talk to David Burns right after this and maybe plug that in. Okay, it's so much easier when I can steal Chris Albrecht's commercials, though. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but today we're not talking about that. Today we are talking about something that I think really kind of makes Drupal great. I think it's it's something that's a vibrant part of the Drupal ecosystem that's been around for you know a couple of generations of the software. Um, it just keeps getting better and better, and I think it's important for people um, using Drupal to be able to leverage it. Migration. Migration, yeah. So we're kind of in that cycle of Drupal 8. Where a lot, you know, Drupal 8 has kind of been around a while and the early adopters have, have already come and gone. And now it's the, the, the folks that are needing to bring their website into the current era. And a migration from here to there is important, mm-hmm. right? Whether here is from Drupal 7 to, you know, the current version of Drupal 8, uh, Drupal 6, Drupal whatever, or even, you know, some fancy yeah. other CMS. Like you can use Drupal's migration system that's built into core for the most part. And, you know, bring your data into Drupal 8. Yep. But, you know, it's tough about migrations is everything uh, l- <laughs> learning how to do it, yeah. learning how to do it. And with us today is a person who wrote who's, who's wrote this whole series of awesome articles on document or <laughs> on migration. Well, it's kind of documentation for migration. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, it's documentation about his experiences and what he knows and, you know, sh- sharing the knowledge. Mm hmm. So with us today, we have uh, Mauricio Denarte, who has been involved with Drupal over nine years. He's the lead organizer of the Nicaraguan Drupal community, uh, Drupal developer at Agaric. Did I pronounce that right, Mauricio? Correct. All right. Uh, Dinarcon on Twitter and Drupal.org. That's D-I-N-A-R-C-O-N. And you wrote, what, a whole series uh, called 31 Days of Migrations, right? Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm correct. Throughout the month of August, I committed myself to write 31 articles on migration, one each day. Um, wow. That yeah. was really fun. <laughs> and, and, and you were also saying that that wasn't just in English, right? You're kind of trying to share the knowledge. Yeah. The series is part of a documentation project that my brother and I started where we plan to write you know, documentations about Drupal on different topics in English, Spanish, and French. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that, that's great. Um, also with us today on the podcast, we have April Sides, a senior developer at Lullabot. Um, she's here to kind of play the role of migration muscle. Um, April has been recently on a project migrating dozens of individual Georgia government sites um, to Drupal 8. Hi, April, from Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, how's it going? 
April is also the organizer of the second best Drupal camp in the world. <laughs> That's that, Which is kind of a, yeah, it's kind I, of I, an did, I, I didn't know she helped you, Mike, in, in Florida. <laughs> Ooh. Burn. Yeah. <laughs> glad you're here. I'm glad you had to have me. That would that sounds really bad. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> now nah, we're gonna we're gonna keep that first version in. <laughs> Mauricio, let's kind of talk about you first. Uh, how did you get involved with Drupal? You are uh, I'm I'm assuming since you are the lead organizer in Nicaraguan Drupal community, you are from Nicaragua. How did you get involved with web development? Drupal, and uh, I remember seeing you many years ago at Florida Drupal Camp. Like you do a good amount of traveling. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, yes, you're correct. I am from Nicaragua. Uh, I studied computer science at college, and it is incredible to me that during the five years program, I never learned or received uh, a you know web development class. So by my senior year, I was kind of frustrated for not being able to you know create a you know, even a simple website. So I started asking friends and, you know, looking for documentation. I remember buying a book on writing HTML and CSS, and that was my, you know, very first introduction to writing websites. Uh, after that, some friends recommended some CMSs. I tried a couple, but Drupal was the one that, you know, stuck. It was love at first sight. I understood everything, everything clicked at the time. Um, I think that one of the reasons is that I found very good documentation. I remember using other CMSs trying to do simple things as, you know, what we call in Drupal clean URLs. And maybe I didn't look hard enough, but I couldn't do it. And with Drupal, it was right there. I um, The documentation that was available, and I remember even back in the day, uh, listening to Labot podcast and you know, all the resources, that was what, what got me into Drupal in the first place, being able to find documentation, being able to create somewhat complex websites without needing to write custom code at all. Because even though I knew some HTML and CSS back then, uh, I wouldn't say I was able to do myself what I was able to accomplish with Drupal. So that was kind of the spark that got my interest and from then I just kept learning and learning and at some point I was able to write modules, write things and here I am today. <laughs> so Mauricio, your, your 31 articles, you mentioned English, Spanish and French. So Spanish is your native language, right? Yes, I speak Spanish natively. <laughs> so it makes sense that you would write, write an article in Spanish. So English, you wanted to reach out to, you know, people who spoke English. Explain French to me. Why French as well? Uh, French uh, is something that I have wanted to learn for years, and I just thought that, you know, similar to anything, uh, even the articles themselves on migrations, the best way to learn is by to teach, or in this case, to produce content in that language. So um, at the start of this year, I started to take uh, French lessons, like uh, full, not, not full-time, but yeah, basically daily. As you can imagine, um, I, I just recently started learning the languages, uh, the language. So I am not fluent enough to write the articles on my own. So my brother, who actually speaks French, he is the one who makes the first translation, like the first pass. And then I do editing and corrections. Uh, and that's how we are able to write in three languages. 
but my my personal goal is to um, be able being able to to give sessions and trainings in French very wow. soon. But it's awesome. So, what's the motivation behind a series of articles about migrations? Why is that important to you, and why is that something you wanted to target? Well, uh, to give a little bit of context, when I started my first migration project, I had been a Drupal developer, like being able to write modules, for example, for about five years. And I remember it being kind of a frustrating experience. Um, it was a very good documented API, and today it's one of the best documented API in core, uh, from what I can see. But even, even though like it was kind of hard to, you know, understand all the different moving parts and you know i just for one want to save other people some time in trying to figure out the puzzle um, also i see um, I, I am very active in the migration slack channel which is a good way to get support and i see a lot of common questions being asked over and over and i guess it's a common problem it's a known problem that you know conversation in slack get lost about a week after. So I wanted to have a place where the documentation can be referenced like permanently. If someone has a question, you know, go read this article on the topic. And it seems to be uh, working because over the last month I have been referencing people to the articles and, and they, you know, they have been finding them useful. So April, you kind of had a similar thing, right? Longtime Drupal developer, um, all of a sudden, we need to learn something about migrations. What was that like for you? Right. So the Georgia.gov migration was my first migration, and that was just <laughs> this past year. We're going to so, throw you to the wolves. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was really interested in it. I'd never, I'd never done a migration. So, um, uh, yeah, the API documentation on Drupal.org is pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, there isn't a lot of documentation on the use of like pseudo fields or temporary fields I've found. So I even, you know, sometimes I, I just did a presentation about some of the, the really challenging things that we did on the Georgia.gov project when I was at Drupal Camp Atlanta. And, uh, and I just had to figure out like, what is the actual name of this, this technique of using a variable within the migration uh, YAML file? And, and I've seen it in multiple different ways, but I don't think any of it was on Drupal.org's actual uh, documentation. So um, yeah, there's definitely some lacking information. And so this, this, uh, this resource that you're creating is, is pretty cool. Thank you. So Mauricio, what was it like to write an article for 31 days in a row? It was way harder than expected. Um, this migration series is basically a brain dump of a migration training that we have given for a while. So originally I thought that, you know, it will take a couple of hours each day to be able to produce the content. Uh, but, you know, I I like to, to do research and to get deep on topics. So sometimes to write one sentence on one paragraph, I had to do a lot of research. That's, that so sounds like the typical developer problem though. It's like, yeah, that'll take a couple of hours. And then you dive into it, you're like, no, to do this right, it's going to take a little more time than I kind of foresaw. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, on average, it took about eight hours to produce each article, some of them going up yeah, to 12, wow. just for the English version. And, you know, it it was, I really liked it. I, I remember being enthusiastic each day when I was, you know, going to, you know, sitting in front of the computer and 
start the new article, start the next topic. Uh, because like, even though I had something in mind, I, I would spend a lot of time in the debugger checking how everything worked. And sometimes my assumptions were wrong. So I was learning a lot throughout the series. So it's not, you know, it originally it was supposed to be just like whatever you know, put it in text format. But in the end, it was a very good learning experience. I love situations like that. I find that I, I, I have similar situations when I write articles. Just the act of writing or putting or teaching forces you to organize your thoughts and it forces you to organize what you know. And as you organize your stuff and kind of put them in like whatever order you're looking at, you find gaps. You find, well, I don't know how this would work with this or I don't know what works with this. And that kind of forces you to open up a debugger or look at the documentation or do whatever. And just, just doing that is, is really powerful. I also will frequently reference my own articles and stuff (laughs) like for code samples. Do you do that a lot? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And as part of this migration series, I actually created a repository of about, 20 examples, you know, that go along with each article or most of them because some of them are uh, like theory. Uh, But that's something that I refer back myself. And it's something that, you know, someone who's learning, they can just go and look at them. Yeah, Yeah, totally. We'll make sure we get some links in the show notes on the node, Mm -hmm. on the show node on lullabot.com. Um, Mauricio, is there something that you wish you had time to cover? Um, Writing 31 articles, you know, it seems like you should be able to get a lot done, but there's probably a lot that you had you ended up leaving out. Yes. So the focus of this initial series was not necessarily developers, but site builders. So people who would be able to create complex migrations without having to write PHP code. Uh, and that was kind of a challenge, you know, trying to find the right balance between that deep technical uh, content and what can be used, you know, by a site builder without having to write custom code. Uh, That being said, the series doesn't cover anything about writing custom plugins for migrations. Um, Another thing that we barely cover at the start in one article is the Drupal 6 to Drupal 7 operate process. So as you said initially, the migration API in Drupal core can be used to migrate from any source. Uh, it can be Drupal, previous version of Drupal, like 6 or 7, but it can be you know, CSV files, JSON files, XML files, other CMSs like WordPress and so many other use cases. So the idea of the series is to give a general overview of how to migrate into Drupal, not focus on, you know, Drupal 6 and, and 7 to Drupal 8 upgrades. And that, you know, by, by understanding the basic concepts as they are explaining the system, you will be in good shape to start writing the specific upgrade process. Uh, that comes with their own challenges, with its own challenges. So that's something that, you know, we, we were able to barely cover on a theoretical theoretical uh, aspect, but we were not able to actually get into examples. And I would love to do that as well. Uh, another topic that's very asked is part of migrations. There was an article and several examples that, you know, work on top of that art, uh, of that basic paragraph migration. Um, but there are many other things that can be done with paragraph, like nested paragraph, multilingual paragraph, with revisions and things like that. Uh, that was not covered. Uh, the example is 
kind of basic in that sense. Um, commerce is another big topic. Um, for example, I would love to write an, a, a series on migrating from uh, either Ubercard in Drupal 6 or the commerce kickstart distribution in 7 to Drupal 8. Uh, other topics include media entities migration, organic groups, or even, you know, just like general topic, like when you have large migrations, how you, you know, can process a lot of data uh, or how to schedule migrations. So, yeah, the, there was there was a lot that uh, I was not able to cover. So when you were becoming a migration expert, what do you think the hardest thing to learn was just for, for you, you know, for your knowledge? Um, I guess the understanding the ETL process, which is actually like the very first article, knowing that for any given migration, you only have one source and you only have one destination. And if you said ETL process. Yeah, what does Correct. that mean? ETL stands for extract, transform, and load. It's a design par paradigm uh, used, you know, even outside of Drupal to move content from, you know, A to B. And the Migrate API in core, it's it's that it's an ETL implementation. So understanding like the basic idea of that, and as I said before, you know, even though you have so many options to choose from for your source and for your destinations, for any given migration, you pick one on one. And then you do all the transformation needed to go from, you know, your source to your destination. So you can have multiple um, process plugins is what they are called. So when I was able to understand that, you know, everything started to click. And I, as I explained in one of the articles, my recommendation is to, you know, start with the very basics. Make sure you are able to read from your source, make sure you are able to write to your destination and migrate one field at a time, for example. Like if you're doing a node migration, just migrate the title. Make sure that that works before trying to do everything at once because if something fails, uh, sometimes it gets difficult to debug. Yeah. April, what about you? Uh, when you were starting to learn the migration, the Migrate API, was there any part that was more difficult than others that you can recall? Yeah, so I heard you mention nested paragraphs. Nested <laughs> paragraphs were quite, quite a challenge. Yo, um, yo, dog, I heard you like paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah, uh, nested paragraphs were challenging. Uh, we figured out a solution. I know that a lot of people are trying to come up with a solution for that, but in you know with the Georgia.gov uh, migration, we migrated them to, as embedded or as markup in the body field. So we didn't actually move them to a paragraph entity in Drupal 8. Um, so that might be a little a little bit different than what how other people are solving it. Um, but it's yeah, I I've I think in this project, I wrote my first recursive functions as well. So it could just kind of dive down into the nested paragraphs and get to the content that I really wanted. What about um, easier concepts or easier uh, things, uh, Mauricio? Like, are there, is, is there anything that you said like, hey, that makes sense. Hey, this is the way it should be? Or um, I you, think can say, that... you can say no to this too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I strike it from the record. <laughs> I think that there is a lot of magic in the Migrate API. And sometimes I am just amazed at, at, on how it works. Like, for example, if you want to create a node migration, you basically write two lines, process destinations, and then, you know, specify entity node. And I think 
there is, you know, that's good because uh, there is a lot of things that are taken for granted. But it, it also, it also um, it's kind of magical in the sense that you don't know what's happening. And when things do not work out of the box, it might get um, complicated to understand and debug problems. So yes, it is very easy to write to different destinations, but when the results are not quite what you need, or if something happens, it can get very complicated to debug. So it's a twofold, uh, you know. Hey, hey I, uh, going back to the articles, uh, one quick question. Are these meant to be read and understood in order, or can you just pick one up that you're looking for and read that? Uh, the idea is that if you are completely new to migrations, you should read them in order to understand them because like some of them belong concepts that had already been explained. Um, but if, if you are already familiar with migration, maybe from D7, and you just want to learn the D8 way to do it because it changed a lot, a lot in between versions, mm -hmm. you can go directly to the specific article covering the topic. Okay. Another question. So how much planning did you put into what articles you were going to write ahead of time? Or did you just, did it sort of organically flow from the different articles that you wrote? Uh, I guess, well, for one, this is based out of a migration training that I have presented in the past. So the flow is mostly the same that I follow in the training. Uh, that being said, these articles cover way more content uh, in the in the training. We don't cover so many sources, for example, that are explained in, in the article. So um, like probably a month ahead, I, I started planning on what topics I wanted to cover and in what order and having the, you know, the idea of, you know, this will help me explain that and these concepts are fundamentals to understand what comes next. So uh, it, I was intentional in, you know, in the in the order that I presented things. And you can like kind of group them if if you see them in order, like understanding basic concepts, then understanding uh, how to migrate into different destinations, how to migrate from different sources, how to manage configuration uh, with Migrate Plus how to debug migration. So they, they are also like bundled in, in, in pieces, but you can you can read them you know, in, in any order if, if you're already familiar with the API. We're talking migrations on the Lullabot podcast. Coming up right after this, we're going to get a little deeper into the technical aspects of making a migration happen, um, things that April and Mauricio like to see when they're working on migrations. Also, since I think we have three community organizers together, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, talk a little bit about uh, your local camps. Coming up right after this. Whether you're learning how to build sites with Drupal or diving into the code, there are community-powered camps, summits, sprints, and trainings happening all over the world. Find all of these and more at DrupalCal.com. And of course, if you want to boost your Drupal chops from the comfort of your own home, point your browser to DrupalEyes.me and stuff your brain full of carefully crafted videos and tutorials. Welcome back to the Lullabot Podcast. We're talking a lot of things, including migrations, 
Uh, we're talking about 31 days of migrations, writing 31 articles over 31 days, which to me seems very crazy. And uh, we might be talking a little bit of a community, but first, let's kind of go deep into the technical aspects of migrations. Uh, what exactly is a migration? How do we start doing that in Drupal? I'm guessing we enable some poor modules and what exists in Contrib. So, uh, uh, what, April, why don't you lead it off? So, since we've been talking with Mauricio for a good amount. Yeah, so for the Georgia.gov site, you know, we use the migrate and the migrate Drupal modules and core. And then there's, you'll see, one, two, three, four, five, like five modules in the contrib space that we used. Um, one was migrate file that gave us some extended capabilities for migrating files. Migrate plus is very key and it's pretty well documented along with the core modules. Uh, there's migrate source CSV because we had some CSV data for some default values migrate tools and the Drupal upgrade module as well. So um, so you turn on these modules and where do you get started? What do you do? They just work, TM. <laughs> they just work? Yeah. Well, that, well, that, that is pretty magic. No, I don't know. One, one important thing about understanding the ecosystem is that what, is, what each module provides. Uh, the core migrate module provides the base API, base API for migrating data. And this is not specific to a particular source or destinations. Then you have migrate Drupal, which is specifically about upgrading from Drupal 6 to Drupal 7. And it also has some support for Drupal 8 configuration entities to be moved from one side to another. Uh, then you have the option to choose how you want to execute your migration. In core, you also have Drupal Migrate UI, which provides a user interface where you can you know, put your credentials to your Drupal 7 site, and it will read the configuration from any active modules on both ends and try to migrate you know, all the data and configuration as possible. If you don't want to do that, or if you want to have more control, April just mentioned the Migrate Upgrade module. This uh, gives you command line um, support. So for example, using Drush, you are able to provide credentials again to the Drupal 7 site, and you can do both uh, two things. One, uh, just like with migrate, um, Drupal Migrate UI, you can instruct it to fetch all the configuration and all the content and execute everything. Or if, as it is often the case, you need to change the architecture of your site, you can only instruct um, the module to give you the migration definition files and before like the configuration files only and you can modify those files to you know accommodate for any change in fields, field names or field types or anything that might be needed in the process. And then you execute your changes. Um, I, I actually wrote an article about Drupal modules uh, that support migrations. And I remember like, this is one of those where I spend a lot of time, way more than expected, because there are like about 600 uh, modules. And I basically review and tested around 200 of them. Not all of them made it them to the, into the list, uh, but I found a lot of things that I didn't know about. Uh, 
in, in the process. One of them is being able to run migrations in different ways. So you can also run migrations on a schedule. For example, if you need to something to happen every day, uh, like an RSS feed that you're reading, you can use Migrate Scheduler or Migrate Cron for that. Uh, if you are doing upgrades, uh, there is a module called Migrate Manifest that allows you to list a lot of migrations that you want to execute and group them together. Um, you have Migrate Tools and Migrate Run that gives you the command line uh, helpers. Migrate Tool itself gives you a UI to execute migration from the UI when they are defined through configuration. That's an important part that we might cover later. And there are other modules like Migresource UI that allows you for a specific type of migrations to do them through the UI, like to upload a file and execute the migration through the UI. Mauricio, tell me you're reading this off of a list. <laughs> I am. I have my, okay. I have my article open. Oh, okay, because if you were reciting that from memory, I was going to be quite impressed. <laughs> not, not quite. Which, that, which, which article do you have there that's talking about... Uh, it's actually called Lease of Migration Related Drupal Modules. Oh, okay. Well, great. I mean, that, that's, that, uh, yeah, that's very good for <laughs> SEO. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I was a little concerned that you had that all in memory and like you knew the name of every contrib module and what they did, and I was going to be really impressed. No, there are more than 600. Um, and, and just like Drupal contrib, some of them work better than others, and some of them are documented better than others, and your mileage may vary, right? Yes, for yeah. sure. That's that's why some of, you know, even though there are at least 200 that are compatible with the Drupal 8 API, some of them are in either very early stages or lack com documentation completely. So Sure. I well, I mean, that's that's kind of it. That. I mean, everybody wants to try and give back, but they they probably get as far as they need for the project they're working on, they're working on and they just kind of commit it to the ether and then, hey, look, there's another module that could be used for migrating Drupal sites. So it sounds like there's a lot of flexibility involved and it's not necessarily just, hey, upgrade to Drupal 7 or 6 site or bring your web WordPress site over. You could migrate whatever you want. It's just kind of whatever you need. April, you've been doing stuff, um, migrating content in from APIs and authentication and lots of little sticky, tricky things. How does that, how does that work? Yeah, so uh, with the current project I'm working on, we have various API endpoints that we're going to be migrating content from. And some of them have uh, things like basic authentication on top of it. So there, there is built in within the system that you can uh, identify your credentials and so that the Drupal migration system has access to that endpoint data. Um, because you're not going to, you're not manually doing it. The system itself has to be able to access the data. So that was pretty cool. Um, trying to figure out those those uh, uh, complexities of accessing data and just uh, you know looking at different data instead of just looking at database driven data looking more JSON uh, formatted data was pretty cool um, we actually did use the migrate source UI uh, module so that the the client on georgia.gov so the client could import things after the actual migration of the site happened so they could continue to to use that sort of feature that was a pretty cool pretty lightweight module that you can provide migrations for i like that one so you kind of alluded to running the migration can we talk a little bit of how that actually works these days um for a while it was a drush command and Prior to that, as I recall, you could you could do some from the UI, and how do you how do you run migrations these days? How does it work? 
So you are still able to do it uh, either from the user interface or through the command line. The one caveat is that you need to understand if your migration was defined as configuration or not. Uh, what, what does that mean? Explain that to me, if your migration was configuration. Okay, so uh, you write your migrations as YAML files. Okay. And the YAML files can be placed in two locations. It can be either the slash migrations directory in your module or in a slash config install. When you put them in a slash, in slash config, what? Config what? Config install. Um, okay, so, so it's, it's the config directory where all the YAML ends up, like you export config to, or, or it can be inside your custom module in a migration directory. Actually, uh, in both cases, you will have inside your custom modules um, either the slash migrations directory or inside your custom module slash config slash install. And I guess I'm not explaining this well. Let me let me roll back a little bit. Maybe you should write a thirty second article. <laughs> yep. <laughs> actually, actually, there is actually. Let me open that article. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so, okay, I think I... Wait, I, so you're actually using it to reference what you want to talk about now. Exactly. S sounds useful. There are two ways to run migrations. One is through the command line or through the UI. If you want to run them through the UI, they need to be migration defined as configuration. And these are provided with the Migrate uh, Plus modules. These modules gives you the opportunity to the same migration definition file to put them in config install as it is any other configuration managed through the CMI system in Drupal. And when you do that, you have uh, a couple of more options. One of the options is that because it is just configuration, you are able to use any module in the ecosystem of configuration management to override part of the migrations. For example, April was talking about uh, authentication, and you are very likely not going to want to add your credentials in the migration definition file because those will, uh, you know, go to your repository, and you don't want that in plain text. Sure. So one option when you have your migration defined as configuration is that, you know, through custom code, you can read configuration, you know, environment variables, for example, and in, and update the configuration, like inject code into the migration before they are run and executed. So you inject the credentials without having to put them in plain text, for example. And this is something that is provided by Migrate Plus. When you have this module, you can you know, manage your migrations as configuration. And again, like you can use any module like config split, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can use any module in the in the CMI ecosystem to to manage the migrations. Okay. Uh, going back to the original questions about uh, how to execute them, when when you have them as configuration, I, the migrate tools module will read those and expose an API. Uh, excuse me, expose a user interface where you can execute them, like import, rollback, and so on. Okay. And then you have trash commands provided either by migrate tools or migrate run to execute from the command line, no matter that type of migration. It, it, is. it sounds to me like if you, if I wanted to be in a browser, it was probably because I was developing or testing migrations 
Um, but often when you're running migrations, it's, it's happening as a part of an automated task. So running it from Drush makes a lot of sense. Yes. Uh, there is definitely a lot more flexibility when you execute migrations from the command line. Uh, but that's one of the, you know, big selling points. And if, if we go back to my original story, that's what got me into Drupal, being able to do a lot without having to code or without having to understand the command line. So when we give the training, we are basically able to migrate a full site without ever touching the command line if you don't, if you don't want to. Okay. So that's a very powerful tool to give to site builders. So well. your no command line training, does it involve writing custom code? Uh, no, it's wow. all through the UI, and it's uh, we we also cover a little bit of depending on the length of the training. If it is like a half day, it's only UI. If it is full day, we also cover command line stuff. You're also like you're also stuff. just migrating some you know basic fields from here to there, right? It's you're not doing complex data manipulation or or anything like that. Um, well, the I guess it depends the, on the plugins that you're adding from the contrib space, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so the the repository for the training is open source, so we can also link in from the from the show notes. And yeah, we do basic paragraph migration, addresses, uh, you know, basic field mappings. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's basically the training is similarly to the migration series, like trying to explain the concepts so you understand the basic logic of how it works, and then you can you know build on your own. Do I need to come to Nicaragua for your training? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> oh, but if you can, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, here in Nicaragua, the community um, is not as developed. So we usually give like a started level trainings. We rarely uh, cover migration specific topics. Uh, but that being said, even in, in those basic uh, trainings, we use the Migrate API to bring in default content that can be used to explain other things like views, for example. Okay. Yeah, but uh, you can attend camps where we usually, you know, give the training. So when it all goes wrong and, and you have a migration working and you're having problems, um, what do you do to debug a migration? Um, I want to hear from you both, but let's start with April. Uh, Xdebug is your friend. So you're talking just be because it's all running in PHP, you know, you're not necessarily writing, you know, a, a procedural function to migrate from here to there. Like it, all of the code is there and you're saying Xdebug, right? Just step through line by line. Right, so in, within your custom module, you can have sort of your in your dot module file. There are a few hook, uh, hook related, uh, or hooks that you can use to hook into the process, and you can drop in uh, breakpoints uh, there and see what your source row looks like. You know, to see what the data looks like. To you can manipulate it from there too if you need to. Um, and then there are other. You can hook. You can add breakpoints directly into the migrate. Uh, modules to see what's happening there. Um, yeah, Xdebug's your friend. So it's like, how how do you debug every other Drupal problem? Xdebug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike says, no, I use the console in the browser. I am, I am way cooler than that. <laughs> Mauricio, do you have any other thoughts about debugging migration strangeness? Uh, I agree that... 
you know, a proper debugger is his best friend. Uh, one thing that I tend to do before going to the debugger is, you know, trying to analyze the problem uh, from a, you know, a general sense. Uh, in, in I wrote three articles re related to debugging migrations. And for example, one of the things that I recommend is minimizing the surface for errors. Uh, that's, you know, tied back to what I said at the beginning. Um, try to get the minimum migration working and build on top of that. Sometimes when you have like 10 fields at a time in a single migration and one of them fails, it is harder if you have 10 options to look for than if you only need to check one. Um, another thing that uh, was one of those confusing things for me at the beginning is which module do I need for X or for Y? So there are a lot of plugins that are only available when you have a specific modules. And when you have a reference, uh, you know, from an example online and you try to copy and use that verbatim, it might be using plugins that you don't have available locally. So making sure that you have all the modules uh, required for the task uh, is also is also useful. Um, another thing is again checking if you are managing configuration. Excuse me, if you're managing your migrations as code or configuration, because just placing it in the wrong place uh, might you know might give. Uh, unexpected results. Another thing is that you should read the official documentation. Uh, sometimes there are some options when you are configuring a plugin that uh, are not required, but they are super useful for, for different use cases. So understanding your tools and making sure that uh, you know all the possibilities is, is always a good idea. Uh, this might be a little bit more involved, but you, you try to be on top of how the ecosystem changes. For example, recently there were uh, new releases for Migrate Source CSV and Migrate Plus. And in those new releases, there were some breaking changes. So again, like if you are referencing an online article and it is using an older version, uh, things might break. Uh, also like reaching out for help, in Drupal Slack, uh, Pound Migrate, uh, it's incredible the amount of support that you get uh, from Migrate maintainers and just like people working with the API in general. So, you know, even, even though, yes, and I highly recommend, and that's how basically the tool that I use for, to write the, the series, you know, use a proper debugger, there are a, a lot of other things that you can do before actually diving into the code. And when you have to dive into, into the code, uh, again, there are process plugins that can help you uh, print the information as it is being processed. And then, you know, the, the best thing to do is, you know, defining, uh, configuring a proper debugger, which there is also an article for that in the series. It sounds like these migrations can be as, as complex as you want them to be, April. So, like, you can group migrations. Explain that to me. How does that work? Yeah, so on georgia.gov, we created a migration group where we could define for each each uh, individual YAML file can have dependencies. So, you know, let's say uh, a site page migration depends on, you know, a field-related links migration that happened previously. And you so you can define those dependencies. And then for the entire site, um, each of these migrations has defined that it's a part of a certain group. So you can run 
the group instead of running each individual migration and it will just run through each one in order that it that it seems fitting based on the dependencies that you've set. Um, and then, you know, you can roll back that group as well. So that was one of the things we prioritized with the Georgia.gov migration because it was a multi-site migration. The ability to run the migration and roll it back pretty seamlessly was was really important to our process. Another thing that migration groups uh, give us is the possibility to define a shared configuration. For example, if you are using an endpoint and the same endpoint or you know, JSON feed, for example, is going to be used for all your migrations, you can define that in one place, uh, the migration group, and that anything that you define there is going to uh, be copied over to each individual migration before they are executed. So you don't have to you know, repeat the same uh, configuration over and over. And if you ever need to make a change, you make the change in one place. Uh, one thing to notice that migration groups is, are provided by the Migrate Plus module. So if you want to use them, um, you, know, you need to enable this module. Another alternative that is provided in core is called migration tags, which is a similar idea. You add a tag to a migration, and then you can execute multiple migrations by tag. Uh, tags, contrary to groups, do not offer the option to um, have shared configuration, but they work out of the box without needing extra modules. Okay. We're using tags, I think, in this current project um, to in inject our authentication credentials. So we look at the migrations to say, you know, which migration is this? Does it need this basic authentication? We can get the environment variables and inject them so that those things are, are not being put into the code base. So if the migration has a tag, you need to go seek out the authentication stuff. Right. Okay. We have some custom code that says, does this migration have this tag? And then we get those credentials and drop them into, basically we're adding and altering the, the migration configuration on the fly before it runs. The credentials are just admin and password though, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you don't want that in GitHub, right? <laughs> Security, Matt. You don't want people to guess it, yeah. <laughs> or is it admin, admin, one or the other? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, wrap it up. So, Mike, Florida Drupal Camp. Is it the best? Hey. Yeah. Is it the best? Yeah. Florida Drupal Mauricio. Camp is the best. Ma Ma Mauricio can can uh, validate that, correct? I am actually using my Florida Drupal Camp t-shirt at the moment. Nice. So. Oh, okay. look so at that. Mauricio, you're also involved in organizing uh, community activities uh, in Nicaragua, where you are? Yes, what, what is the city where you are? Managua in the capital. Okay. And and what kind of community do you have there? Um, well, we have been trying to grow the Drupal community for several years now uh, for many different reasons. It goes up and down uh, from time to time. But uh, just yesterday, we have a meetup with 20 plus people. And it's been the, the interest in Drupal in general has been growing a lot lately. Uh, the last camp was organized two years ago, and we're planning to have either a Drupal camp or a small, you know, smaller event at the end of the year. Uh, we don't we don't don't only do events in the capital. We also um, do events in Leon, where actually one of the migrant maintainer lives, uh, Lucas Heading, and we also go to other cities. Like basically, we do a tour around different cities in the country trying to teach uh, 
Drupal and general web development and um, in, in yeah general web development. Uh, next month we are going to uh, participate in a program uh, in a city called Granada where they teach uh, small girls to code. So they are in a program when they learn basic HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and they build their own websites for their communities. And now we're going to teach them how to use Drupal to, you know, to be able to do more. That is awesome. Yeah. April though has has the other best Drupal camp or something. Second best. Second best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah our camp, our camp in Asheville, North Carolina. I think we're the we're the only camp in the state of North Carolina. Um, but we're kind of a destination camp. We have a lot of people that come from outside of Asheville. That's well, because Asheville is Asheville. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's gorgeous. A lot of fun. Uh, everybody learns a lot, gets to share their knowledge and and uh, make friends and nice networking contacts. And, uh, and and we also have a lot of social events. So, April, I saw uh, you. We have, a, we have a hike on Sunday, too. So I saw fun. you raise your eyebrow when Mauricio said he had 20 people at a meetup. Do, yeah, uh, that's do a lot you of get, people. Yeah, do, do you get to that? No, our our local community is just not as engaged, and and we're having some difficulty doing that. We've even we're doing some just sort of a monthly social meetup right now, and and it's 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 not really working either. But you know, I I think that that's great that you have twenty people. That's yeah, really awesome. That's impressive. Mike, do you get twenty people together in Gainesville on a regular basis? Yeah, but uh, I run the uh, front end developers meetup here. Okay, uh, which is kind of more. more so it's beyond generic. it's beyond Drupal, but you still yeah. you know you get the this a similar crowd and mm-hmm. yeah 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 Gainesville's a little smaller than uh, either of the cities. Okay, so yeah, but yeah, nice. So you're saying that's even more impressive then? <laughs> I, no, I think it's less impressive because it's not a Drupal meetup. So yeah, it's more generic. <laughs> so we have people coming from you know various CMSs. We even have like backend people trying to learn like you know JavaScript and styling and things like that. So so yeah, it's it's a little mo- it's almost easier to attract people. Yeah. Cool. Very good. So, is there anything you'd like to add before wrapping this up, Mauricio? Uh, what, what's your next series of articles going to be about? Are you going to do another month of, of <laughs> another month of something? Uh, I am currently working on another series. Oh, you're kidding! Uh, <laughs> oh my! I was joking. <laughs> no, no, but uh, I am not planning. At least in the very near future, to okay. come thirty-one days trade. That that was too much. To be honest, <laughs> uh, the current series is actually. It actually started before the migration one, and it's something that I have been wanting to do for years. And it is about basic Drupal concepts. So for a couple of years now, we have been uh, part of the Global Training Day Initiative, which is uh, teaching you know the very basic concepts of Drupal and building a website in a day, if you will. Um, so I am currently working on that. Uh, I am kind of one third into the series, and I plan to to finish it in the next month or so. Um, another thing is that so far we have only produced text, but we have plans in the understandrupal.com website to produce ebooks and video tutorials. So both for the migration series and for the uh, understand Drupal basics, we plan to write uh, once the articles are finished and translated in the three languages, we plan to create them as ebooks and video tutorials as well, because different people learn in different ways. So 
giving the option uh, is something that we want to do, not only in terms of languages, but also in terms of media. And that being said, uh, I'd like to say thanks to Agari, uh, Drupalaismi, and Centaro, who were the sponsors of the migration series. And yeah, if, if, if you would like to sponsor any other series, uh, get in touch. Okay, you said that, what was the first company? Uh, Agaric. And that's uh, the company you work for? Correct. It, okay. And, and you mentioned Drupalize Me? Yes. Which are, which are Lullabot friends? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and Centaro. Which, which, is, uh, uh, which is Ryan's Rama, right? The, uh, right, Drupal Commerce. The Drupal mm-hmm. Commerce folks. Cool. That's awesome. We're, we're, we're glad it's there. It's a good addition to the Drupal, Drupal ecosystem. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and, and eventually I want to bring some, if not all, of the content into the official documentation uh, because it, it's nice to be able to have one place to reference yeah. everything. Definitely. April, you've been uh, you, you've been exploding your brain with migration knowledge for I don't know, like a year now, straight or so. Yeah, it's so long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you looking forward to do something else, or are you okay in that world? I, I really enjoy migrations. I think I've been converted into a data nerd. I like to move data around and uh, like to, to figure things out that way. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. We, yeah. we, we, we need I, folks I, like I, you on projects. <laughs> migrations are super fun and challenging in so many ways that it's hard to get bored. <laughs> yeah. Every project is different. Yeah, there's always a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, are you ready to become a data nerd? Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd like doing stuff. Well, I it's, think you uh, should start day one on Mauricio's blog posts. And, yeah. You know, start yeah. working through I will, I will add that to the list of articles and tutorials that I currently have on my list. Great. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank, hopefully soon. Thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you, you very much, everyone. Thank you, April. Thank you. Yeah. Bye.